today I'm going to talk about my worst customer experience that I've ever had. Um, it's probably going to be absolutely mind-blowing for you to actually hear this because as a customer, having this experience, it was, yeah, and as someone who owns a business, it was absolutely insane to me that this was the employee um this was the employee they had on staff and this is the experience that I had as a customer. I mean it was the best and worst experience. I'm going to tell you why um in this episode because it taught me <laughs> everything <laughs> that I would never want to do within my own business and it was really eye-opening. Um and I think it's going to be eye-opening for you too. So I'm going to dive in and share this with you. It only happened a couple of weeks ago and I'm still talking about it with my family to this day because I'm just like, wow, I just I just can't believe it. <laughs> uh, before we do kick into the show and I tell you about this crazy, insane experience that I had as a customer, uh, I wanted to share with you uh, something that I share, I've been sharing on social media, my Instagram account, and a couple of weeks ago, I believe, in an episode, and that is my show plan. So this is my um, show checklist rather. So this is my show checklist. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy, head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash show checklist, and I'll pop a link in the show notes. I know that a lot of studio owners out there and producers and all that jazz have probably um, already done their end of year productions. Even if you have, I think this show checklist is going to help you. And in the spirit of talking about customer experience, why not create a system or have a system to support your show, which is a, such a big deal in the studio space, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the grand event, right, for every uh, student out there. So why not have a system in place or have a support mechanism to improve your system through using my show checklist? So it's totally free. Download it now. Head to the show notes. All right. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Okay, hello, hello, hello. It is Josephine Lane-Cuba here, your performing arts business strategist, speaker, and coach. Today, I am speaking about the worst custom experience that I've ever had. And in some ways, it's also the best because it taught me so much. So first of all, I'm going to tell you where it was. I'm not going to name like name and shame the business, but I'm going to tell you the context of it. So I went to the movies. Now, you're probably thinking, this is a performing arts business podcast. What the hell does the movies have to do with anything? 
Well, it has a lot to do with everything because even it doesn't matter what business you're in, this can happen in any company, entity, or business. Now, what happened was it was my daughter's birthday. Uh, She's only eight. I pulled her out of school because, oh, this is another story. I'll quickly, I'll quickly give you a backstory. I have booked my daughter's birthday party for a date that worked around my entire show schedule and work schedule. And when I sent the date out, more than 50% of the guests couldn't go to this party of hers because there was another local dance studio that um, had an event on their concert on the exact same day as my daughter's birthday party, which I wouldn't have known because I'm not, I don't look up everyone's show dates and what's on before I book my kid's party. I only consider myself. And literally out of a guest list of 20, 11 came back and that was so far that couldn't attend. My daughter was devastated. She kept giving out these invites at school and everyone kept saying they couldn't do it and she came home crying. So me being, you know, mum of the year changed the birthday date for her. But the only other date I could get with the venue that I'd already paid the deposit to was the the day of my senior production. Now I spoke to my husband and he said, don't worry about it. Look, I, you know, I'll manage it. It'll be fine. I called my sister. My sister went in and helped him and they ran the party. So that was the first birthday party I never attended for my kid. And I'm never going to do that again. Um, I did it this one time because of the situation. I normally wouldn't like change a date for my kid's birthday if one or two kids can't come, but this was literally more than 50% of the invite list and she was really upset. So I just thought, you know what, this one time I'm going to do it but I won't do that again. Anyway, that's another story. But yeah, so I did this and um, because of that, I had the mum guilt. You know what mum guilt feels like. So if, if you're a mum, if you don't, well, it feels super guilty. Hey, think of it with your students. If you're not a mum and you're a teacher, letting your students down, you feel really super guilty when you let a kid down. It's just the way it goes. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Because I'm available her actual birthday, I'm going to well, that night, actually, on her actual birthday, I was at a, at a fundraiser for Oz Dance New South Wales because I'm on the standing committee with them. But I thought, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to spend the whole day with my daughter, take her out to the movies. She picks lunch. It's going to be a beautiful day. I'll take her to Time Zone, which is like, you know, those little computer game places and stuff. And, yeah, she was like, that was the best day ever, Mum. Awesome. So I pulled her and her little brother out of school and I said, we're going to have a day out for my daughter. And it was beautiful. So we went to the movies. Anyway, now I get to the customer experience part. So we went to the movies. So I line up. There's hardly anyone there. It's a weekday during school and we go to what's called the junior session. So I purposely picked, um, oh God, what was, it was the Nutcracker. So it's this cartoon, the Nutcracker and the magic something. So we go to the Nutcracker and how fitting, I know. (laughs) It's a cartoon um, and they have what's called the junior session at the cinemas. So the junior session is they put out play equipment out the front and, you know, there's like slides and climbing apparatus and all this stuff that kids can play with. There's an intermission um, so kids can go to the toilet and then you come back and watch the rest of the movie. It's like going to the theatre with a a little playground at the front. Anyway, super fun. 
So we go there, we line up, we get our ticket. First things first, the shop attendant, so the person selling, you know, the movie ticket, whatever, says, oh, you're not going to buy the food here, are you? I said, why? What do you mean? (laughs) She goes, oh, it's just really expensive. And I said, okay. She said, honestly, don't waste your money. Coles is just down there, down the lift, blah, blah, blah. So go to Coles and come back. She said, it is absolutely, like, it is so expensive. I think it's an absolute ripoff. Don't buy food from here. And then I was like, oh, but, you know, I don't want to miss the movie. And, and she made me really contemplate this process. And usually I wouldn't even question it. I'm like there with my daughter. We're going to do things. And then my kids choose things that are like M&Ms and chips. So they don't choose typical movie stuff like, you know, the chock top and the popcorn. So I thought she made me question my purchasing decision. And I thought, well, there is 30 minutes until the movie starts and Coles is just there. Why would I spend $8 on a bag of chips when I can get it for $3? Why would I spend $10 on a bag of M&Ms? It's probably too big anyway, when I can get a little mini pack of M&Ms um, at Woolies for $1 or whatever. And I, and she really did make me, I actually left. I was so convinced by her negativity <laughs> that I went, you know what? You're so right. Like we've got 30 minutes. Let's go down to the kid, to Cole's kids. And why spend 40 bucks on stuff that we can spend like 12 bucks on? That makes sense because you're not buying things that are specifically exciting for the cinema. Like I said, a chock top or popcorn. So we go and we come back, right? That's the first thing that this lady does. Then when we come back, now I've got my chips and my chocolate in my bag from Coles. <laughs> I come back and I go, can I get two, uh, three tickets rather, two kids and one adult to go see The Nutcracker, please, The Nutcracker animated film. And she goes, oh, you're going to see The Nutcracker. <laughs> I go, Why? what do you mean? She says, well, is there anything else you want to see? I said, no, we've come here to see the Nutcracker. She goes, oh, the animation's not very good. And I said, oh, I said, is it like really dark, the the content? Because I know the story of the Nutcracker. Like, is it, is it okay for kids? And then I real I catch myself because it's the junior session. So obviously it's okay for kids. But she's making me feel really like I've made this terrible decision today <laughs> for my daughter's birthday. And she goes, oh, well, yeah, I mean, the content is dark. She says, it's the nutcracker. She said, but also the animation really, it, it sucks. And I went, wow. And then I thought, no, I'm not letting this woman sway. I said, well, look, there's nothing else that we want to see. And this is the genius session, and I'm and the kids are excited about the genius session because there is the play equipment, and this is the only movie with the play equipment. So we're going to see the Nutcracker. Thank you. She goes, okay. So she, she you know, I do my tickets, and then I go, oh, actually, um, oh, and then she says, oh yeah, the genius session. She goes, oh, it's so dangerous. I go, why? What makes it dangerous? She said, oh. There's this netting web that the kids climb through. And she said, honestly, if you put your foot in there, you you know, your kid can break an ankle. It's just so dangerous. She goes, oh, I absolutely hate those junior session setups. And I am not kidding you. You would think that I am telling fibs right now or I'm 
elaborating. This woman was the most negative customer service woman I have ever met in my entire life. Like I've never seen anything like it. So first of all, she tells me the price of the food is too expensive and do not buy food from there. Then she tells me the movie sucks. <laughs> like of all, like she goes there, the movie sucks. Then she tells me the play equipment is dangerous. It's no good. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, no, no, we're, we're committed. We're doing this. She goes, okay. She said, do you want seats at the back or seats at the front on the beanbags? I said, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I've never been to a junior session that has beanbags. That sounds super fun. I said, is there a price difference? She said, yeah. She said, the back seats are cheaper. The beanbags at the front are more expensive. She said, but what you can do is you can buy the cheap seats. And because it's quiet today, when the movie starts, just move to the front like no one will know. And I went, cool, awesome, thanks. (laughs) So I bought the cheap seats and then we did exactly that. We moved to the front and we ended up having the beanbags. Mind you, my kids absolutely loved the play equipment. They thought it was a hoot. They were like, this was the best day ever. This was the best movie experience they'd ever have. Did they love the movie? I mean, they were okay about the movie, but they were sitting there eating their chips. They were having a great time. They went on the play equipment. They got to sit on top of the slide watching the movie for a bit, come back and forth. It was that sort of freedom because it was a kid's session. They got an intermission to go to the toilet. They were having a blast. Like, honestly, they were having a hoot of a time. And this woman was setting us up really to basically walk away as customers, but you know, we persisted. So, um, yeah. So then she tells me the play equipment's dangerous, all that. And I think, okay, whatever. Now she's just, she's going too far with this. She's, she's really, she's really bagging this place. Like she obviously, they haven't built a good culture or something's gone astray here, but this, this customer service is appalling. I don't say anything. I don't really care. Hey, I got the cheap seats, right? Um, So who cared? I mean, I was getting, I was actually walking away with a better deal. She did save me money, right? But she wasn't doing the right thing by her business. Well, by the business and as an employee. The final cherry on top was I realized I hadn't bought myself a Diet Coke and I love movie Diet Coke. I love the machine, you know, um, what do they call it? Like the syrup Coke that comes out of the when you press the button and it just pours out with the ice and you, you do it yourself in, in like, you know, you put it together yourself and I like that. So I go and I get myself a Diet Coke, which is my fave, my movie, syrup, Diet Coke. And then I come back to the counter to purchase my Coke. And she goes, oh, she goes, why didn't you get that at um, like Coles when you went down? She goes, it's much cheaper to get a Coke there. I said, no, because I like syrup Coke. Like then I had to justify my purchases to this woman. Like, well, no, I want this Coke. I prefer this Coke. And then she's like, oh, okay, fair enough. So then I felt like, oh, guilty that I was buying this Coke from the shop. Like, honestly, it was bad. Now, okay, so that was at the movies. And this is a true story. Every single part of that was absolutely true. And she was really full on. Now, how can we apply this to our business? Well, first of all, I found it really interesting 
Because my business model is that I am not on site at my, um, so let's not talk about all my businesses. Let's just talk about my studio programming business. So I have four different club sites and we also have a virtual studio. I say we have five studios, right? (laughs) Um, We have our virtual studio and then we have four different locations. Now, I am not on site all the time. I am not on site. I am actually mostly not on site and my coaches are in charge. Now, they're trained, they have the systems, they know what to do, but everyone can become very complacent. And that, I think, is what's happened here. So firstly, this woman is work. She was the only one there, so she had the freedom to to do as she pleased. Now, does that mean that we can't trust our employees if they're the only teacher on site, if they're the only manager on site, what we can't trust our employees? Like, it shouldn't be that way. So I thought, okay, so it's not just that they're left alone because that's not fair. Like, it shouldn't be the case. And that's to say, that's not to say that my teachers that work independently on my different club sites and running programs, that they're bagging out the program, that they're creating a negative environment, that yada, yada. I thought, so what is it that's missing, missing rather, from this cinema that has caused this employee to behave in a terrible fashion, you know, in a way that does not support the business at all? And I thought about it and I thought it has to come down to the team culture, training, having rules around communication, but not just rules that are in a handbook, really, really sharing that and re- and reminding our team whenever we slip up. But also there does, I believe, at some point need to be some sort of management presence, if not every session on a regular basis. So I pop into my studios, um, my club sites rather, that's what we call them. I pop into my club sites sporadically, unannounced, sometimes announced, but sometimes unannounced. And my teachers know that that's a possibility. Now we also have training where I have what I call my immutable laws. And these are basically our code of conduct. And One of them, and I got this from a guy called Mike McCallowitz from Profit, who wrote Profit First, one of our immutable laws, and we have a a very many, you know, give to give and, and all of this sort of thing. And, you know, everyone is a star and, you know, all of that stuff. But one of our immutable laws is called blood money. Now you're going, whoa, blood money, that sounds really intense. And it is an intense title, but by golly, do my staff remember that one and they have a giggle in training every time we talk about it. And and basically blood money just means money matters. So money is the blood of our business. Without it, the business would die. Without it, our team would not be paid. Without it, there would be no business. So we must look after the money in our business and give it its utmost respect. So this is training that I give all of my team and I do it in person. I give them a printout. It's only a one pager with seven immutable laws or seven, you know, codes of conduct or however, or moral standards, whatever you want to call them. There's only seven points. They're short and sharp. 
we, we have the title of them and then a short one sentence or two sentence description. <clears throat> you know, like no toxic people allowed is one of them. Um, actually, I'll do an episode on this. I'll do an episode on my immutable laws because I actually think that could be quite interesting for you guys to start thinking about this. But um, yeah, blood money. So, and that sounds really crazy, I know, but like I said, it's memorable. And and I suppose that has made my team really think about it. So I I go further than just saying money matters. I break it down. I say, so what does money matters look like? Well, for the cinema, it certainly doesn't look like turning customers away and telling them to not purchase the food. It certainly doesn't look like telling customers that the movie sucks. You can recommend them to another option, but you can't just tell them that that's not suitable for you and have nothing alternative to give them. That's, that's, that's disgusting. Like that's not how you operate in a business setting. Like to me, that is absolutely below standard. If I knew I had staff members doing that, I would, I would fire them instantly. Like I just think that is absolutely disrespectful. And I didn't make a complaint about this woman. I, I, I didn't do any of that. I just let it go. For me, I just took it on the chin and I thought, you know what, this is a really good learning experience. So to come back to that, so what does money matters look like or, or blood money in my case? Um, I know. But money matters, I break it down to, okay, so in a studio setting, let's use that as an example because I know most people listening are studio owners. What does that mean exactly? You need to break it down for them. Okay. when you promise people costume changes in a number that you haven't actually had approved by the director, when you say in front of everyone in a classroom, when a costume arrives, like let's say the costume arrives in front of all the students, you go, oh, that doesn't look great. Instead of having a private conversation with the director, because maybe there's no other financial option and maybe that's the costume we have to go with today. Or you. push for props and sets or you choreograph something. I've had this before. I had a teacher and, you know, bless her, she was trying to be creative and I love that, but she needed to get approval. She she created this whole scene on top of blocks in this piece. And I said, oh, okay, awesome. I said, so where are these blocks coming from? She goes, oh, I don't know. I said, yeah, yeah. So you've choreographed this whole number on a platform that doesn't exist, that needs to be built or made, that, well, it simply isn't in the budget. I said, so you need to adjust your choreography. There is no platform in this number. So, and that brings it back to money matters. It's my admin person ordering programs on time so we make the online deadline for programs to only cost us 2 to $3 per program opposed to six, seven dollars at Officeworks, you know, per program. And for anyone that's international, Officeworks is simply um, a chain for business stationery and goods in Australia. But whatever, you get the point. So we get it done instantly for seven dollars a program or we can print them online with notice if we meet our deadlines. And so we must respect the deadline. You know, money matters when we're creating merchandise and we're doing a pre-sale 
and we make sure that our merchandise designs are available prior to the show date so we can maximize sales. Uh, money matters when we have an enrollment or trial system in studio for us. Um, people register their trial with our customer experience manager. They get put on our um, software system as a trial student, but they still have to fill out a physical paper form on arrival. Now, we've done this on purpose because we don't rely solely online because sometimes we get drop-ins or sometimes something's gone astray. We have a system and it's just half an A4 slip of paper, which has Child's name, age, date of birth, parent name, phone number, email, circle the class you're trialing. That's it. And all the coach has to do is when a new student arrives, they hand that little piece of paper. They go, welcome. Here you go. Here's a trial slip. Um, if you can just quickly fill that out and, and hand that back to me, mum, that would be great. And here's our, um, we call it an information guide, our info guide, which is a little booklet. Um, it's a tiny little booklet and it tells them our price list, our uniform policy, our terms and conditions. It has our programs list, everything in it, pictures of our shows, you know, that we've won awards, whatever. It's all in there so that parents are welcomed. They get a welcome info guide that they get to keep and it, lo it looks a bit stylish and they get a little paper slip that they have to fill out and return before commencement. And it's on a clipboard and that's it. And then at the end of the session, the coach must photograph the trial forms and email it that day, same day to the customer experience manager and just pop in the email, you know, trial forms, date, done. And that's it. And then the customer experience manager will follow them up. It's not our teacher's job to follow them up. None of that. It's we do it, but it's just the point that that is being done. Now, when coaches do not do that system, they are affecting the bottom line. That's what we call blood money. Because if you do not get us the trial forms, we do not know that that person attended. We do not know that they were there and we will not follow them up. And that's problematic. Now, obviously, there's an online enroll, an online system, so we can tick that. But because we do Facebook leads and stuff, we don't get phone numbers in the Facebook leads or anything like that. We get bookings that sometimes are just email. So we like that trial slip because we get the phone number grab as well and we can call them and we can really like text them and we can, we can really get them over the line. So I guess I'm, I'm going on this tangent because I wanted I wanted you to know that this terrible customer experience um, was was a good one in some ways because it taught me and, well, it reminded me actually because I already knew the answer, but it reminded me of how important culture is, how important having codes of conduct are that are not just given on a piece of paper and forgotten about or in some handbook that nobody reads, that are actually discussed, trained, ingrained, you know, top of mind. When someone forgets something, like for us, um, one of our laws is consistency in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> consistency in a good way is one of our laws. And whenever someone drops in consistency, like, for example, not giving back admin forms, we remind them just a reminder that one of our immutable laws and one of our, you know, important pieces of this business for it to be successful and thrive and for us all to work well together is consistency in a good way and blood money. 
So when you didn't hand back those forms, you were breaking two of our laws. And I want to remind you of that, okay, because those are really important to us and these are the reasons why. So when that happens, there's an accountability immediately. We can nip it in the bud. It's not a surprise because we've discussed it already. They know how important it is to me. They start to feel the importance too. So, you know, this person that worked at the cinema had a total disregard for the business. She had no sense of team. She had no sense of respect for her business, for the business she worked for. She had no, I, I mean, there was no team culture present in that experience for me. You could sense it. It was a completely disjointed experience from what the cinema is advertising to what I got when I arrived. So how, how can you overcome it? Again, you need to make sure that you have these codes of conduct are not just trained, but ingrained, reminded, reiterated, told in person, put it on a one-pager sheet, share it, okay? You need to have those discussions and pick up the team when they forget about them. And, and in, a, in a positive way, let's remind them about those codes of conduct, okay? You need to have some sort of a presence or there needs to be a managerial presence, right? Even if it's you or your Two I see, it doesn't matter, but there needs to be some sense of managerial presence. It doesn't have to be every single day in every single class. It just needs to be sporadic, but enough. It can even be online. It can be through live video to your private group and client group, whatever it is, your team group. It just needs to be there at some level. And you need to build a positive team culture. And you do that by caring about team, caring about each other and reminding each other that we care about each other in the business, having respect. And, you know, also the last thing I'm going to say about this is remind your team to back your prices. So when someone complains, just say it's a value proposition. It's not about the price. It's about the value perception. Yes, we cost this, but here's what you're going to get. You're going to get an amazing experience. You're in for a good time. We provide X amount of hours in training plus all of your costumes and this and that and whatever it is that your value proposition is. You know, you get to work with me, the director, on show day exclusively where I'm going to be mentoring children in a professional um, theatre setting, like whatever the experience is. This is value. And you want people to recognize the value and never, and you don't want your staff to feel like it is expensive. So how would you overcome that in a cinema environment is the convenience. We're not, we're not claiming to be the cheapest. We're claiming to be convenient. That is why the food is there. Why waste your time going down to the supermarket when we have everything you need at your fingertips, right? Yeah, it's a little bit more pricey, but it's about the experience one-stop shop, we've got what you need. Because there are three areas of innovation in any business. One is price, one is convenience, and the third is quality. Now, you need to have at least one of these areas of innovation. You can't this, You can't be them all. For me, I do not compete on price. Um, some people would say my club is a higher-end price. I'm okay with that. We don't compete on, we don't compete in price because we're high value. 
we are not convenient. We are not everywhere. Yes, we have online options, blah, 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 but we're not convenient. I mean, we're not, you know, a licensed program that's in every single space or whatever. We're not McDonald's drive through okay? We're not convenient. But what we are is quality. And that is my area of innovation, quality. What's yours? Is it price, convenience, or quality? Where do you compete in your market? So I would argue that the cinema is, for the food portion, is the convenience. That's what they're selling. They're selling convenience. Yes, it's more expensive. Who cares? It's convenient. It's awesome, you know, and the quality. And you get to self-serve and pick what you like and go to the lolly bar and you get to pick as many lollies as, like, it's awesome, you know, like quality. You get to sit on beanbags and there's a play gym, you know. So, yeah, I could go on about this for hours. But anyway, that was the worst um, customer experience I ever had. But gosh, it reminded me of what what not to do in a business. I hope that helped. I hope that was of value to you. Now, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm excited because I am coming to the end of the year. We've got a couple of interviews coming up. We've got um, our Christmas special coming up. We've got all that stuff, all that juicy goodness um, and yeah, I just love that you've been sharing it with me so far. I can't believe we've done like, I don't even know. I think this is the 60 second episode or something crazy. It's just been so fabulous. And you know what? I would love you to share this with your friends. Find me on Instagram at Josephine Lancuba. Connect with me, inbox me, say hello. I, I love it. Like chat to me, tell me if there was any takeaways that you got from this episode. Or maybe tell me what your area of innovation is, price, quality, or convenience. I'd love to hear it. Inbox me, DM me at Josephine Lancuba. All right, everyone, have a beautiful day. If you'd like to grab a copy of my show checklist, then head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash show checklist. It's a free resource It may inspire you or you can use it directly for your studio. So check it out, download it for free and enjoy show season, everyone. Thanks for listening.